this is a business where sometimes, you know, it um, it's up to a bunch of people that might not understand, you know, what a mixed race kid from Canada has to say. Look, if there's people who have regular jobs who are coming out in the rain, in the snow, spending their hard-earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows, you don't need this right here, I promise you, you already won. Next, a special you, you, Teresa Weatherspoon face, Don Maker face. What's happening? What's happening? Happy Lover's Day. Happy V Day. Uh, I mean, this one is here for the love, man. Uh, are you guys big on Valentine's Day? No, not at all. Not yeah, at I don't. All. I don't really know a couple that is. No. Like personally, what's no. the big? What's the big holiday for you? For you guys? Anniversary, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthday. Christmas. Uh, Tiffany likes to act like she doesn't want anything ever at any point in time throughout the year. So I just stop listening and I just do whatever I want now. So, uh, like, she'll be like, oh, my birthday's coming up. Don't give me anything. Uh, yeah, I'm not listening to that. Uh, <laughs> Christmas is coming up. I don't know what I want for Christmas. Ever. Yeah, all right, nigga. I, I, I just stop asking. I just get what I want. And if she don't like it, she don't like it. But, yeah, I, She's not really, uh, she likes to, my birthday, she likes to make a big to-do, but other than that, no, you guys, what's your knock out the park? Um, he usually knocks it out the park for the birthdays. It's either, it's either the birthday or, uh, Mother's Day. The, the, it's kind of cheesy. I mean, you have you me. Know? You have me because I'm born, and you have the best gifts because I gave them to you. There we go. There so we go. I mean, it it only makes it only makes sense in my eyes. <laughs> you know. Yes, your son uh, kind of fact checked him and told him not to, not to do them. <laughs> 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 and don't do that again because you really already did that. That's funny. Just in case you were thinking about doing that again, don't. <laughs> don't. As if. <laughs> she, she's good there. Don't, don't do that again. Yeah, that was funny. Um. So no, yeah, really, no chocolate, really? no chocolate hearts and teddy bears. I'll take a no, teddy bear I, on Valentine's Day. I did get a. Uh, a bear that was made out of roses because I like to try to switch it up on Ooh. niggas. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm out here in the streets. Russell Wilson challenge out here. Man, it's okay. going to be dead in about a week, so. <laughs> no idea what I was thinking, but. That's one of the main reasons that I hate flowers. Like, they, they die so fast. They're really pretty for, like, two days, and then it just dies, and then you're like, it makes you sad because they're dead. So yeah. I've never, I've never really been big on flowers. But he does, he did flowers when we got engaged. Like he sent them to my job, saying thank you for saying, saying yes. And um, a couple Mother's Day, I got flowers. But I'm not really big on the flower thing. 
they died too fast for me. Valentine's Day is for y'all, which I think is a, lo- a load of BS because it ain't about us celebrating love. By the way, I don't know, we haven't introduced this podcast, we never do, but it's whatever face, you know why you're here. You, you hear the intros, that's what it is. That's what it but is. Valentine's Day is for y'all. Um, we don't really get anything. It becomes, especially if you're at work, it becomes a, oh, let me not let her be embarrassed because everybody else is getting something at work. <laughs> really? You can't even... You can't even be like, I'm going to hold it till I get home. Because if her co-worker is, oh, look what he got me. He sent me an edible arrangement. Blah, 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 blah. You can't be the only nigga in the office not getting nothing. Not even like a telegram or a balloon or yeah. something. Uh, Uber Eats meal or something. Yeah, you got to Uber Eats me like a steak dinner. Don't send me no edible arrangement. F out of here. Nah. Like, we're not in high school. If no. I got an Uber eat you, Uber eat you Uber a, steak dinner, a steak dinner, you better take that Subway steak sandwich open face. Ah, nigga. <laughs> you better take that Philly steak open open face sandwich from Subway and be like, I, I know he, gonna, he got me when we get home, but a steak dinner for lunch? It's the same amount. Like the smallest yeah. edible arrangement is like $25. And then they charge your delivery fee. So yeah, just send me some from off of my Postmates. Send me a Chipotle burrito bowl. Nigga. Oh, uh, steak I'm, meal. Yeah, I'm for telling lunch. you. I got I got your best interest at heart. I don't send want me, to send me a chicken and lunch. send me a chicken and waffle from Sweet Chicks. That's better than a, a, a steak dinner. <laughs> I no, got your you business at heart, baby. You can get a, a a a fair price steak dinner from Uber Eats to be them little skirt steaks, <laughs> paper thin. Right. <laughs> right. If y'all listen to her advice and y'all are single next year, just know. Just know you should have got the steak dinner right from a woman. Yeah, listen to the voices if you want to. Okay, I got steak dinner. I'm trying to tell you. I'm put you, you on. You got to make sure her bosses know that they ain't paying her too much. You show up with a steak dinner for lunch, they're going to start questioning. <laughs> you got to keep them guessing. Nah, you, I ain't got it, baby. I still ride the Metro North or I take a MTA. I ain't got it. Nah. You got to splurge. It's the one time. It's like you don't got to splurge again until May. I do it. Go all out. Niggas that got like their birthday or Mother's Day or Father's Day, like that got close. All effed up in the game, kid. Like your anniversary, her birthday, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day. If it falls around the same time, fam, you get one gift. Yeah, our our wedding anniversary and Emo's birthday is two three days apart. So we don't use. I don't usually give them anniversary gifts. <laughs> That's so far. I, I I don't think we've ever exchanged anniversary gifts. Maybe the first year, and after that, it's just like we'll go to dinner. Like that's that's our anniversary thing. Like going out to eat. Yeah, I I can't recall us exchanging. Anniversary gifts. That's so far. 
I know. That that's. I mean. You mentioned, that's really you mentioned Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson challenge, but if that's not the corniest nigga on the planet. I love, I like Russell though. You're bad to the bone. Shut up, Russell. Bad to the bone. All right, how, how, else, how else are you describing your queen? Not you're bad to the bone. Give me something. Give me three. Give me, give me three things. Three things that you would like. You gonna have me giving out games to these niggas out here that make yeah. taking taking notes. Bad, bad to the bad to the bone is still still relevant. Bad to the bone. You are bad to the bone, baby. Shorty, you a ten. Ten. I like Russ though. Russ is a cool guy, but Russ is doing too much, man. Like I, people I call him corny though. Why is he corny? That that video. Because he loving on his wife? That makes him corny? That video was hella corny. He sent that to his wife. That video was... Hey, I see this thing going around called the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that was his tone. That was, that was, that was his tone. <laughs> but Russ be in his lane, though. He never, like, portrayed to be something else. He's just like, all right, I'm going to play football. And I'm gonna go home. And when I go home, I'm Sierra's little Bia. That's it. He really just be sticking to that. But people really be mad when he does these things like buying his wife's masters, you know, for Christmas and sending her love videos, calling her bad to the bone. Hey, uh, it's Russell. Uh... (laughs) Hey there, see, it's Russell. I like Russ though. That's my guy. Oh man, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we used Sierra to segue us into music. One of these days we're gonna have a conversation about that masters thing and what that means. But that's no small feat, I guess, to purchase somebody's masters uh, as an artist. Yeah, it's not. That's no small feat. But uh, almost ten minutes in, Grammy talk. Did you watch? Because you wasn't here for the Grammys leading up to, to Sunday. I wasn't. I wasn't. I did watch for, like things that I wanted to see. Like when it when they do the moments. When they do the yeah. coming up, I would turn when it was like a string of white people I didn't care about. Oh yeah. I I, I turned. But um I watched the intro with um Alicia and Jada and, Epic. Yeah. Epic. I watched her uh I watched the first performance. I watched Cardi's performance. I watched Alicia's uh, set when she was playing. That was kind of dope. Yeah. The dual piano thing? Yeah. Yeah, that was That was kind of dope. Yeah. I'm glad they incorporated that um, because she's not really a comedian, but she was she Yeah, was cool. so she stuck to what she know. Yeah. And I'm glad somebody, I don't know if she came up with that herself or somebody was in her ear like, listen, you don't need to be getting up there telling, you know, some corny jokes. Just do you. And she's a musician at heart, and that's that's exactly what she was throughout that whole night. So that was dope. She did she did good. 
I um Cardi's performance, um, and this is not in a perverted offset way, but I I, I looked at Cardi's performance and I was amazed at how calm she was to be on a Grammy stage. Well, she did the Grammys before, but she did it with Bruno. Mm-hmm. But she had this calm and control about her that was like, oh no, nah, nigga, I'm I'm here. Like Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for Cardi though. Like her story is just you can't hate on it. You really can't. She's really obtained that American dream of starting from the bottom, now we here. And she is here here. She was in a strip club, fam. In a strip club, the crooked teeth. And that's that I'm not I'm not saying that the shame people in the strip club, but I'm just Bronx. saying from her journey, she was in a strip club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you know you always like to root for people with that kind of story. It, Cardi's thing was organic. Like it was, it, it didn't seem like she was a plant or right. she was being forced. Um, I was happy for her that she won, and her like her pure excitement. You can tell. Like I like stuff like that. She didn't really have a speech prepared. She was shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardi. I, I like stuff like that because it shows you somebody who you hear her say all the time. She's always fighting. She's she's been fighting insecurities her whole career, mm-hmm. and for her to feel like uh, she she got that acceptance, and we're gonna touch on that. That's why we started with Drake's speech, but we're gonna talk about artists needing that award as a symbol of acceptance, but. I can see why, you know, she felt she felt like, you know, I made it. I'm here. Yeah, and when she broke down the album process, you know, finding out that she was pregnant and people telling her that she's stupid, her career just starting, why would you get pregnant now? Now you're going to have to slow down because of the baby. Um, being sick in the studio, staying in the studio for like four days straight. Um, I think she said three songs couldn't even get on the album because her nose was like stuffy or something and it like the sound wasn't what it, what it was supposed to be and um offset calling people making sure verses was in just the story the process behind the album like all the hard work you know the sleepless nights being away from her family for days straight the pressure the stress the anxiety of it all it was like all culminating with this you know with this award and you could really feel like it was all worth it it was all working. And it's and it's good to see that when people put the work in, like how she was explaining how she that album process was really strenuous. And to come out with, with a trophy, no pun intended, is you know it says it says a lot. In the in that makeup of her story and that album, um if we can keep it a buck, a lot of people weren't expecting much from Cardi's album. Bodak Yellow came out. It, Mm-hmm. So she was a one-hit wonder. Yeah, it was like napalm. Um. Oh, okay. She got all of the the thotties screaming, mm-hmm. screaming about red bottoms. Um. A lot of people weren't really checking for the album. The album came out yeah. and it actually sounded decent from top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good album, actually. What do you make of the people who say she don't write her own? Like, you know, she don't write her own raps and. Not really authentic. Um, blase, blase. Sicko Mode had thirty something writers, and that includes the sample um, of the original record. Um, 
and that's a, a huge record as well. So yeah. people saying, I think you said that on here before. It's about the delivery. You know, if you can deliver somebody else's words and it translate and it hits in a market and it takes off, then that's that's to be said for as well. But if people, if for people that say she don't write her own stuff, your favorite artists, Beyonce has had writers, Mariah Carey has yeah. had writers, yeah. Whitney Houston has had, like people, like it, it's no no big deal. People, and why should somebody feel bad that they were able to deliver some? Like, I paid you to write it. What does it matter? Right. Exactly. Exactly. The label brought you in for production and for writing. Right. If I'm the face of that package, great. But they brought you in to help out in these two specific areas. Yeah. Um, I don't put any stock in all the other rap categories because the Grammys really don't, they're not here for rap as uh Drake tried to tell you, and I think that was he had to know he was gonna win because that nigga showed up, he was backstage already waiting for the awards. How was he there? Yeah, yeah, no, he said he wasn't gonna, he was like a part of this quote unquote protest or whatever, and then like the niggas backstage dressed up like to get an award just to shade them, like at their own event. You want to talk about corny? It's if I'm an artist, you're gonna use my likeness to promote to get people to watch. You'll say so and so is gonna be here. You mean I may not even perform? Oh, and appearances by blah 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 blah. blah. So I I feel like I should be able to call you um on a carpet about how your your system needs to be changed. Yeah, your system needs to be changed. I'm not an artist, um, so I can't speak to the sentiment. But you grow up, and this one record was has been used in history to like be a symbol that you made it. Like this was supposed to be your stamp that you were accepted in music. And for a lot of artists to not get that stamp or get that award. You can feel like, oh dang, maybe I am a maybe I am a, a failure. Maybe I haven't made it like I thought I am. And I don't I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with his speech that this doesn't define you. Like if you got people with regular jobs paying to come to your shows, they're singing your songs. Like um Well, it matters in the sense that uh Cardi B was probably ch- gonna charge uh, charging $175 for a ticket, but after uh, Grammy winner for Best Rap Album of the Year, she can go up to about $350. And her tour uh, revenues could double. So she can go from earning like $2 million, that's just an arbitrary number, $2 million to like $5.5. No, the- because she now has that title Grammy Award. The winner. price is it's going the same up. Same thing with the Oscars. Like once you win the Oscar, your salary is like through the roof. Like you, you're not. You can't just pay me two million dollars. But that that's that's still corny though. In both senses, I get.
So, so what about it is corny? It's, it was corny to me is I get it that, you know, everybody shouldn't be held to the same standard. But if you're telling me as an artist, if I don't get this particular award that I haven't made it, I may have a movie that was really, really, really good, but never got an Oscar. I may have an album that's really, really good and people relate to it and um, listen to it often. But because I don't have an award, I haven't made it. People, sh- I don't think people should have that thought process behind getting the award. If you get it, you get it. There's people, did you see the... So, so, okay, so with that logic, um, is it the same as playing basketball, football? You play, 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 and if you don't get a championship, then you just don't get a championship? Is that, are we talking about just doing it for passion, or are we talking about attaining hardware for legacy? Basketball, like sports are different because at the end of the day, you're playing for a championship. If I'm a musician, I'm not, and again, I'm, I'm not into music as on the musician side, but if I'm making music that feels good to me and I just want people to vibe with it, if I win a Grammy, it should be like secondary to the fact, that me winning a Grammy should be secondary to the actual emotion I make people feel through my music. If I get a couple of people that can sing along with me at a SOB show or something like that, to me, that should mean more than getting an award for an album. Like, if, if people can relate to your music, for me, that speaks volumes over you getting an award. Because sometimes they get the awards messed up. We said that before when Quan was up here. Grammys are going Grammy. They're going to they're gonna do their thing. I, I, I just don't see because at the end of the day there needs to be some sort of validation aside from what you're saying just having people just having 50 people know your lyrics and 25 people showing up to your concert like something I, I just feel like something it's like, why you want to make a movie just to make a movie? Like everybody wants to be an Oscar winner. When you put, when you do a play on Broadway, everybody has, you know what I mean? Like they want to have a Tony Award. You want to be able to say Tony Award winner Corey Reed performing in Witch or something. Like I, I just feel like artists always work to get the award. I don't know. Besides J Cole, I don't know any artists that just come in the game like. Like, nah, I don't really care about awards. I mean, like, they all say it now, but in the beginning, they were like, like, Jay-Z having it one of his 21 Grammys, I'm a savage. Like, that's a token for these guys. And I, I know that they don't, they protested, and the Grammys get it wrong, and they don't really know the culture, they don't really, they're not... Like, I get all that, but at the end of the day, I do think it's as as a token. But did you see the list of people it that had it on the them. It may not make them any better artists, but I do think, I do think they, they see it as, I, I, I don't know, I can't imagine them not. Did you see the list of people that haven't won a Grammy, though?
Uh, did you see the list of people who didn't win a Grammy? Uh, Biggie's on that list. Tupac's on that list. I just that was the first. Those are the first two names I'm gonna throw out, and I'm gonna say to you. So because they haven't won Grammys, does that make them less of less less of an artist or have less influence because they haven't won they haven't won that award? I don't think it makes them less of an artist, but I do think that when they're making music, I don't, I don't believe to get a Grammy, but I do think that when they're considered, I mean, could have said that on your Twitter. You could have went on IG Live like everybody else is doing these days to get your message across. Like, I like, I don't get the point of him going there dressing up. You were really protesting. You could have came out there in some Olas and some some Gucci slides. <laughs> like, and they got, nah, like, nah, Gucci's canceled. Unless you're Floyd. We're going to get to that too. But yeah, yeah. Somebody else is not on that. Kodak Black. Yeah, we're going to get to it. Um, But yeah, like, I feel like. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He could have just turned it. He, he didn't even have to submit his music to be considered. I hear you. But I like I, I, so loud and clear. I hear you. And maybe that was his thing to say, oh, no, I'm only going to show up if I know I'm going to win. And once I win, I'm going to get on stage and let people know you don't need. Dude, that's corny. That's super corny to me. That's super corny. I mean, Drake, Drake's a corny nigga to begin with. He's a friend Drake's of a corny nigga at his core. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't surprise me there. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me there. Uh, corny nigga, but... Uh... I, like I said, I get his reasoning behind doing it. There could have been other means to do it. I just don't feel like um, as entertainers, your career should be based on... Alright. You shouldn't... You shouldn't st- that shouldn't be the reason why you get into music or sports or anything. Oh, I'm only doing it because I want to win an MVP. If you're not doing it from your heart out of passion from the get-go... Then, then keep it because what you're saying to me is this is going to tie into a conversation later. You, you, you're saying to me you're inter- you don't care nothing about integrity. It's all about <laughs> you see you see how the show's going. You see how the yeah. show's going to flow. I'm here with you. you yeah, but not. I get. I get. I don't think. I don't think that they're looking to do it for that. I think people get into you know artists creators, you know, they have a passion to do it and then they just create. And then, you know, what you, once it catches and once it, once it's out there and and once there's an audience for yourself, then it, it grabs the attention of other people. A la the Grammys. And then it's like, oh, like, I, I really wasn't expecting it, but cool. I think that's cool that I'm nominated. Like, you, you see it all the time. The nominations come out the artist retweeted. Oh, I never thought I, it could happen. Oh, I ne- like this is all I've ever dreamed of. Like, 
Yeah, but that's not why they make the music. That's not why they play sports. It's just a passion. And then once you're really good at your at your art and you're perfecting it and you have an audience, then all the accolades are going to come with that. And I don't think just like human nature, who is out here refuting accolades? <laughs> Unless you're like a really weird person, you know what I mean? But if you're doing something and it's great, you want to be noticed for that. And when you are, <clears throat> excuse me, you appreciate that. And that's, that's all I'm saying. I think these artists low-key definitely appreciate being nominated. Look at Nip. Nick was out there dressed up with his, I think that was his mother he was there with, I don't know. Push was out there with his wife, like the whole... Appreciate. I think the artists appreciate the Grammys more than they're they're letting up to letting up to to to, to the audience to the to their fans. Oh, for a fact, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and act like um if Drake didn't want the Grammy, he should have declined it, whatever have you. Um, it it means something to somebody. Uh, I think the bigger point was you don't need this to cement who you are. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You don't need to dismiss who you are. Um, but for off from that, on to uh, you mentioned Gucci slides. I just ain't some Gucci flip flops. For those who may not be aware of what we are referring to. I got it queued up. Don't worry about it. Fret not. I got you covered. Don't get listen, to it, listen. Listen. You're going to produce a show. That's for your attitude. <laughs> This is your man, Floyd Mayweather, being caught outside of the Gucci store. And they asked him about the protests, and this is what he had to say. And my thing is this. I like to live life and do, and do what I like to do. I'm not no follower. I do what I want to do. Right. Because everybody say, uh, wear this or don't wear this. I'm going to what the fuck I want to wear. I'm about to go in the Gucci. Will you disrespected it first of all, Floyd? All right. So if people are slow to the, the story and figuring out what the heck happened, Gucci came out with a sweater that was highly offensive. It was a mock turtleneck that had blackface. Yeah. Everybody jumps on a bandwagon saying, oh no, Gucci, we got to get y'all out of here. Floyd Mayweather... Outside the Gucci store, saying I'm a I'm not a follower. I'm gonna do what I want. Like he just sounds ignorant. Like, <laughs> yeah, Floyd go figure. Ignorant? Really? Go figure. Floyd Floyd has been off my radar. Like, I you guys are always rooting for him, and you're like Floyd. He's a loser. Like he beats women. 
he's he's selfish, he's corny, he's like it's he's annoying. And you can't read. Okay, you got money and you can't read. Like for all the money in the world, you would think that, you know, you would get yourself this Ivy League education. Cause that's the best thing your money could buy at this point. Not like, you know, going to spend five hundred thousand dollars in the Gucci store and a one point five million dollar watch. Like, go get yourself a degree, nigga. But Floyd's been corny to me. This is just like cherry on top. You know what the I'm not gonna say the worst part is, but um him and TI aren't strangers to each other. And mm-hmm. T.I. put Floyd's mugshot with that same Gucci sweater over Floyd's face as mm-hmm. the cover work for his new uh, single called, sorry, TJ, Fuck Nigga. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to. T.I. was talking to the nigga like, I, I, I'm what gonna... have you done? Parental advisory is I'm gonna play a little bit of that said song. Who did you help? Who did you help? Only thinking about yourself. I mean, I got to get on T.I. for saying, oh, well, nah, Gucci's canceled when he know, oh, let's boycott Gucci. Y'all the only niggas that's rocking Gucci. Y'all y'all the only ones that got the money for it. So it ain't a boycott for us. <laughs> that was a different type. It was a different type of boycott. It was very different from H&M. Nigga, you tell me to boycott Nike, I might struggle. I might struggle a lot. Nigga, Gucci. Yeah. That was What's the easiest next, boycott. Who's boycott next? <laughs> Prada, that was easy too. Montclair, that was easy. I would like Real to say, easy. I never was on a Montclair wave. I never wanted a Montclair jacket, and I'm glad I didn't get one. All of you goofy-ass niggas that went out and got Montclair because it was uh, being a hype beast, good for y'all. Yeah. Drake sent the, Drake sent the Montclair off too when he had that um, Hotline Bling video. He had the red joint on Good uh, for y'all. Montclair out of pocket, Prada yeah. out of pocket. Fifty, um, Fifty actually burnt. Yeah. It wa- yeah, I saw that. I was very surprised he's at Fifty because you know he's real petty. petty. He's real petty, so you know he could have spunked this whole story. I know that's not a word. But um, yeah, and made it like real goofy, and you know, just to get some clout for the day in typical fifty fashion. But he was on he was on the train. He was on the boycott Gucci train. It was very surprising to see fifty doing some grown up like adult things I, I don't on think, the internet. And of course, he can't read, so he doesn't know. I don't think Floyd understands what that blackface represents and how distasteful. How disappointing that was. Like, my thing is, what's the issue with us as a community that we feel the need 
we feel the I want to word this right because it's it's been like burning in my soul ever since I saw that video from Floyd like why do we need to put ourselves in positions or gain things or buy things just to have a level of acceptance from a certain group of people like what does wearing Gucci across your chest do for you and you flaunting that to the people that follow you I'm glad you said that what does that do for you I'm glad you said that because you played, I don't know if it was on your story, but that thing you posted tore me up. Oh, here it is right here. I got you. The secret of selling to the Negro is expressed in one word. That word is recognition. Now, there's nothing unusual about that. People want to be recognized. They need recognition. That's basic in all of us. But perhaps because he's had so little of it, the Negro needs even more. He needs to feel important and appreciated. This need is a very real and important one. It shows up even in many of the Negro's shopping habits. Anyone who sells or wants to sell to the Negro customer should know about some of these habits. Three habits in particular play a big part in every sales transaction. To begin with, most Negroes buy by brand. They ask for products by name. They're quick to turn down off brands. Buying by brand. That's the first important legal brand. Why? Why is that so important for people that come from nothing to spend massive amounts of money on something as crazy and mundane as clothes it's nothing is not going to appreciate in value it's not going to gain you more wealth like why do we feel that need to indulge in high-end designers to show that you have money like what is that what does that come from and it's really like mind-boggling to me because like, why aren't you showing these kids how to buy stocks? Or why aren't you showing kids, like, how to diversify a, a portfolio or um, invest? And I love what Envy is doing. Like, Envy was, used to be on the gram stunting. Lamborghinis, Ferraris, race. Like, this nigga took his daughter to learn how to drive in a race. Like, that, that's another story. But now he's doing this thing where he's investing in real estate property to flip it. And he somebody put him onto it a couple of years ago. And he's like, yo, this is a real lucrative business. I want to put my community on. And he's holding all these seminars in New Jersey and Queens and all these different places. And, you know, he's charging half the price of what white people would charge you for some highfalutin course. And it's the same information. But it's like he's putting people on how to invest in money, how to invest in real estate and get and get profits out of that. So it's like, it's real things that you could be out here, you know, putting on the gram and that stupid video Floyd has showing all those watches, showing that $2 million watch with, you know, 
and standing up in a Versace robe with like five hundred thousand dollars on the floor, like you're stupid. Like where's, his father, his, where's no his father? Like I don't understand it. Like at this point in my life, and just seeing how how they just be raping us, culture vultures. That's a, a popular. A trendy phrase, but like they're really out here circumventing our culture, stealing from us, exploiting us, getting millions off of us, and it's all free marketing for them. I think Ti said it. He spends like a million dollars a year in Gucci, and then he gets on the gram, and then he has on Gucci, and his kids have on Gucci, and then his five million followers see it, and what you think they're gonna want? I want to put my kids in Gucci just like T.I. I I can't. And now Gucci got some new customers because T.I. is is marketing for free. Like, Gucci ain't paying him to to win none of that stuff. They all calling for orders. All of them. I know somebody that worked there. All them celebrities call in and and make huge orders. But Gucci's not sending them nothing for free. But yeah, y'all out here marketing them for free gaining them millions of dollars and then what they do they hand us like I don't want to curse because my nephews listen but like come on come on blackface and they don't know it's offensive yes you do know it's offensive like and stop with that story stop with that narrative we didn't know we like you knew because all of that stuff is on TV in Europe there's Coonery. That's this how is, they portray black people. You said a lot, and I want to go backwards on the last part of what you said. Um, they know it. it's what happens when you're still out of touch. When you have white designers designing clothes, and because the hip-hop culture has made it popular, you think, oh, well, now we have a different audience. You, you you know, but you're so disattached that something like that gets under the radar. Why? Because you think it's okay. You don't have black people on staff that have a voice to tell you that's wrong. That's part of the problem. You don't hire black. Yep. Yep. Virgil being at the top of Louis yep. is amazing for right now. But where, where, and that's my, and that, that's mm-hmm. what I told you before, my beef with billions. Why don't we have any portrayal of black people anywhere? It bothers me. It bothers me. Why are all the executives, y'all want to talk about inclusion yeah. and diversity? Why aren't there black people? Sure, you hire women. Sure, you hire different ethnicities. Why, is, why aren't black people in these positions? Then you got people like, Oprah and Bob Johnson who have to do it on their own. Yep. Kanye fighting yep. to be a part of these these um these European designers when it's like, bro, we had Sean John Rockaware Fubu. Like we We had like what happened to that? Like what happened to it? Because if Diddy come out in a regular red t-shirt 
Don't have no name or nothing on it. And Diddy wear red t-shirts for 30 days straight. What you think gonna happen? Two million people gonna wear red t-shirts. They gonna go out and buy red t-shirts. If JD come out all all wear all black for a year straight, and don't have to have no name on it. Because that's the that's the kind of star power that they have. If Drake right now says, yo, Neve is the thing to wear. Huh? Like, I'm rocking Neve all year. Like, what you think is going to happen? Website going to crash. Back orders for days. All because they have that power. So if you know you have that power, yeah, don't talk to me about black business only because Gucci did some, some racist yeah. nonsense. Like, you should have already been promoting black business, T.I. Why are you spending $1.5 million in a Gucci store when you live right there in Atlanta where a bunch of black businesses is right there? A bunch of black markets you could have you put on and made them millionaires. But you want to give one point five to Gucci for what? Well, that, bring, that brings me to the second point that I wanted to make of you saying how why, like, the labels and things like that. Um, I can't go past the I'm gonna say this all right, so <clears throat> there's the drug dealing culture where the people that were younger look up and they saw these statuses of oh, they made it because they were they were driving these nice cars, they had these nice clothes. That's that that's one side. Then you have the other side who were introduced to it not because their parents, but because they may have they may they may have integrated into white society and they saw white people wear it and it was um oh well not not because they know it by name but because oh well I have a white friend who has a nice sweater. I like this sweater. And you get introduced to it that way as opposed to the drug dealer who comes who pulls up in his bends and he hops out with the money roll with the coogee this and it's two different mm -hmm. sides to it but it's the same dangerous effect on the culture behind it like i know me myself i like nice things but it has nothing to do with brand or all this stuff it's because i like nice stuff but i would still will go to target and buy stuff from target right. i like i like jordans but That's i don't mind wearing Uptowns, I don't wear Uptowns, but I'm just saying. And that's not Uptown shaving because I, I used to love Uptown. Um, but I, <clears throat> I like Jordans because I like them. I will never go out and buy Balenciaga and all that other stuff. Like, I, I'm not that person that needs to wear it because everybody else is wearing it and it's hot. That's not me. If I don't like it, I'm not going to wear it. Right. Right. That's my thing, like, you could say these celebrities can anything. say anything is drip. And I used the example before coming out in a red t shirt, Diddy. If you had every artist from a, a generate representative of a generation, like Lil Baby, uh, like Future, J. Cole, Diddy, and Jay Z for the OGs, like all we need is like five huge artists representing every generation to be like, yo, this is the wave. And what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? 
And I applaud Young Thug because he got on the wave. I was very surprised too because he be dripped out in Gucci. He was like Gucci on pause. It was like a little <laughs> Insta story, like Gucci on pause. I was like, all right, Young Thug, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> but like, you need you need somebody that's gonna represent the kids, like a little baby or Gunna, Yachty, somebody like that. Somebody to represent like the late twenties, thirties, like a J Cole or something, Kendrick. And then you need somebody for like the OGs, like Jay Z and Diddy. It's like, yo, change the narrative. This is the drip. It's not Gucci no more. But then you have coons like Floyd Mayweather and Kodak. Like, nah, I'm not. Like, why not? Why not? Gucci cutting you a check. Antonio Brown too. He was. He was. They asked him about it. But it just goes to show you, like, oh, this was multiple patterns and multiple colorways. So what? I don't care. The fact that you even felt that you had to address that part shows me, again, you so lost. I I, I, I hear countless stories of people saying, oh, I never had when I was a kid. Um, We didn't have money like that to buy um, the latest stuff. So the moment I get a job, what am I going to do? I'm going to buy all the stuff I didn't have growing up, the stuff that I saw on TV, the stuff I saw people around me wear that I didn't, that I didn't have. Like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to OD on it now because I have access to it. On a... But then when you think about it... It's, it's like, ridiculous because I was... That, gonna... Like, how crazy is it to spend $700 on sneakers... And then uh, a year from now, it's going to be out of season and you're going to look corny when you have those same sneakers and you could have put $700 to something way more lucrative, something way more profitable, something that's going to earn you some money. Like, I don't don't really get it, yo. Like, you can't spend thousands of dollars on a designer and you're not getting nothing from it. Like, why are we missing that part? What do you you gain... From flaunting Gucci, Prada, Montclair. You got a Montclair clothes on. Supposed to think you rich? You want a pat on the back because you got it on a eleven hundred dollar coat? Like, what's your savings account look like? This is gonna sound like a weird flex, but I don't mean it in that sense. When I was <clears throat> when I was younger, um, I talked about having a credit card up here before and all that other stuff. But um, I remember. Um, when I used to go out clubbing and I used to go out because I knew promoters, so I would get called midweek, yo, come through. I remember going to a spot one day um, with two friends and these niggas had, they had just got paid, so their checks were cash. They had their money in their pocket. So their thing was, oh, let me count out how much I got. And my thing was, fam, I have an American Express card in my, my, my wallet. I don't need to do this. What y'all doing? We on two different, like, we're not even on the same level right now. Okay, you count out a little $1,500 check that you got from from work today. (laughs) And and I I promise you, I said it's going to sound like a weird flex, but that was, like, thinking back on it, it was like, fam, I legit have an unlimited card in my pocket. Yeah, you look goofy. Completely. You look stupid. <laughs> like you look goofy. 
You look goofy. And I think it's very interesting that like country music singers, they don't really be dripped out, iced out. Movie stars. It's really just it's really just targeted at our community. That's another angle for another day. But um yeah, I I I just don't get it. And I I don't I don't get how people don't see that this is a problem. Like Floyd and Kodak and But you, you know why they don't AD. see it's the problem? Because people, period, don't know the power in their voice. Like we spoke on social media up here and people don't know the like not knowing the power of their presence. Fashion Nova is getting over on you niggas. Just because your favorite celebrity says, oh, and look by Fashion Nova, guess what? Fashion Nova ain't really cutting them a check like that. Yeah. And if Fashion Nova's but that's what I'm saying. Look how Fashion Nova, like, look how that just took off. Just from celebrities, like, dressed from Fashion Nova. Dudes, um, Fashion Nova men's jeans, like, took off. Took off. And that's all it takes. It's representatives from our community saying, this is the way. Like, you don't have to invest and spend your money and patronize these companies that don't even have our best interests at heart. I, I do wish there were more black designers um, to purchase from because I, I, I like the even though it was done in a uh, like a satirical way with Killer Mike saying he was only going to buy black. Um, that's the way that it needs to be. Like Put the money back in your community. Like, yeah, mom and pop shops are, are closing yeah. down left and right yeah. because people are buying at your your bigger name stores. Yeah, all for the sake of. <clears throat> I, I don't look, know. I, I guess this is the. I guess we're going to call this the integrity check this episode because that's just a lot of it has to deal with integrity. It has to deal with what are your values? What what do you value? What do your what does your family value? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Steve. Hold on. This was a six-minute clip, but I'm only going to play a minute of it. I know y'all, like, y'all audioed us to death on this one. I don't care, nigga. No matter. Listen to me. We're fighting two wars here. What war? There's two wars. It's what your issue is, and it's what the perception of the issue is. And the narrative has changed. I'm here with your saying, baby, and I agree with it when the narrative changes. But if all of y'all said this is the only issue I have with it, baby. When all of y'all said privately to include Oprah, all of y'all said privately, we, I've done nothing wrong. When you tell the truth, you have to deal with the repercussions of the truth. We black out here. 
We can't come out here and do this stuff when we walk in. Let me, let's oh, your husband yes. can't be the Sydney that he really is out here. Let me take that, you know, that flexing. Let me we got to flex a different way. We out here in a game. This the money game. This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. And this is the money, money game. game. But I, I, we I, in the money I, game. And you cannot sacrifice game. yourself. The best uh, thing you can do for poor people is not be one. You cannot have the money game. But let me tell you what the game is before the money game. Before the money game, it's called the integrity game. And we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But Mo, and wait a minute. If I crumble, if you my children crumble, my grandchildren crumble, I cannot, for the sake of my integrity, stand up here and let everybody that's counting on me crumble so I can make a statement. There are ways to win the war in a different way. <sighs> Somebody says he's probably be sucking dick for the bag. <laughs> this is oh man. There was a six-minute conversation that day, and I'm gonna tell you my take on it because I saw your take on it, and we're gonna get into your take. Um. So two ways you can look at this. Steve Harvey, in hindsight, is telling Monique, look, cut the crap, get back to work. Like, you, 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 there's, there's more people relying on you than just yourself. Cut the crap, get back to work. The other side is, he said, he said, I have people depending on me that I won't let my integrity stop me from Essentially, getting a check. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how. Unpack it. Let me put on devil's advocate hat and go with his. All right. <clears throat> so, from the angle of there's people depending on me, and I can't let my integrity keep me from getting money. I understand to a certain degree. Here's, here's, here's how I'm going to break it down to you. Mm-hmm. If, and she's not, thank God, but if Tiffany is pregnant and I lose my job, I would have two kids here and one on the way. I can't let me, I can't let my integrity say, oh, working at this place is beneath you when you have three kids that you need to feed. So if I have to suck it up and take on a shift at McDonald's and take on a shift here and do Uber driving here or do like if whatever I have to do to feed my family, that's what I have to do. Same same scenario. That doesn't mean I got to go out and rob now. I'm a man of pride. I'm not going to let my family fall to the ground because I let the fact that, oh, well, these niggas are going to clown you if you work here, cloud my judgment and keep me from putting food on the table and keeping lights on in my house. Yeah. In Monique's case...
issue would be still working, Tiffany's pregnant, do something outside of your job description, your original job description, taking you out of your way to do said job. Say you work in a bank and the bank needs coverage and you're supposed to be off on the weekends. Contractually, you're supposed to be off on the weekends, but another bank needs needs coverage and they're going to send you there and you're going to have to work Saturday and Sunday, um, but you're not getting paid for it. Um, it's going to be like, maybe like part-time. You're not getting time and a half. You'll get like part-time hours for it. Something crazy. And it's not even in the area that you live or the area that you work. It's like, you know, Jersey or something. Um, and they're not going to give you like transportation money. You don't have to get there on your own, whatever, whatever. So in that case, you know what you signed up for. You know what you're supposed to do. You know that if you work past 40 hours, it's supposed to be time and a half or, you know, days compensated or something. If you're working seven days a week, maybe next week you'll only work like four days. But they're not doing that for you. So you have that situation. You have to do that. What, like, where are you standing on that? Email, tell them for religious reasons, you cannot work on a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they don't, they don't honor that. No, they don't. And I said it to, to make lighthearted, lighthearted of it, but <clears throat> this is difficult because if I, if I signed, um, an awful letter that says, we can terminate you at any point in time for our well or for with no just cause, right? And I sign that. Most people don't pay attention to that, but we sign it because the dollar figure they tell us that they're gonna pay us annually. Now, if I'm if I am in a position like I told my company I can't work on Sundays, they tried to not tried to. They gave me a flex schedule so I can go to church and then work afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, they gave me third Sundays off, which they really aren't supposed to, but it was like I wish they would have been like, oh no, we need you to work every Sunday at this time. That's a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. One. But I'm not going to be stupid to the fact, like I said before, I don't think I said it on this podcast, but I, I always, when I'm working anywhere, my mentality is, okay, I do something for you. I'm going to expect something for me. Now, if it's one weekend where you're telling me to come in and pay might not be structured the same or whatever have you, and it's overtime, if it's one weekend, that's my one for you. But if you make this a habitual thing and you're looking for me every weekend with that same paycheck, I'm going to have to tell you I can't really do that. We're going to have to find, that's going to be my negotiating time now. Okay, well, I can't give you every, I can't give See, you so that's, that, that, that was Monique's situation. Like, she, they did a movie, whatever, whatever, and then they were asking her to do other things after the movie had wrapped. That she wasn't contractually obligated to do but they were asking her out of like a favor to you know travel all these places and do all these pressers that they wouldn't be paying for 
and she told them no. One for me, one for you. What's the what's with for Monique? And I'm not saying she's wrong, but why not say, all right, this is I normally don't do this, and this is outside of my contract. I'll do it this one time. I'll go to X amount of events this one time. But the next go round, you see it's in my contract. Don't ask me to do it. I think where Monique is like throwing rocks and hiding her hand here is that she told them, Oprah and Lee, suck my dick. Like that that can't get <laughs> you can't glance over that and be like, oh well, yeah, Monique, yeah. Monique's right. No, you you were wrong in that and and what you said to them. Like Yeah. I get it. But let me just play devil's advocate for Monique because I don't I'm not really on the you know on the Monique train. But she felt like she was being blackballed. And when you have those 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 feelings and you harbor all of that resentment and all of that anger and you feel like you weren't able to work for X amount of years because you said no to Lee Daniels and, and Oprah Winfrey, and then you get an opportunity like, yo, them niggas could suck my dick. Like I don't care. So, like, in that moment, she, she probably felt like, look, I done lost it all already. Well, not all of it, but, like, I'm almost at rock bottom. They done took everything from me. Listen, I'm going for it all. But that's the that's Steve's argument with the integrity part. Nigga, get back to work! Like, I, I get it. I, I, don't, I don't think she can now. Right, but you know why she can't? Granted, being blackballed is one thing. And I know you don't you don't like you don't like the nigga because he's a cornball. Joe Button's been blackballed for the music industry. So was Lupe Fiasco. That don't mean that stops the check. You find other ways yeah. to make sure you and your family are eating. If that means sometimes you gotta eat crow and be like, look, my bad. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between even with the scenario with the bank. There's a difference between me saying to my manager who's asking me to do this, hey, look, my wife works during the week. I work, um, so do I. I don't use that. I, I'm, me giving off my weekends is taking away time for my family. If I'm telling you this, and then I'm telling you outside, of, you already know religious reasons I can't come in, but I'm going to do you a favor. That's different from me the first time you ask, me saying, Nigga, that ain't my job. That ain't what I'm here for. Like, it's all about how everything is give or take in, in this world. Relationships are give or take, uh, whether that's interpersonal, business to business, it's give or take. You're giving up something to get something in return. So yeah, I, I can't, you know, if my approach, and I see it so often with, with Black people in business, the approach is, oh, Nah, F that. I ain't doing that. Nigga, y'all got me effed up. Like, as opposed to saying, this one time, I remember when I used to work temp. I used to tell a guy, um, I used to tell the, the, um, the head, the, um, head honcher or whoever it was that was finding the work, I would say, look, I'm looking for this minimum pay per hour. He would bring me back something like one time that was below that, I would say, you know what? Going on to my, my little ratio, I'll take this one. But no, the next time you ask me and it's below my the, what I'm asking you for, 
I'm going to tell you no. I only did it so that way it would open up doors to, you, for, to, to gain that trust to say, okay, if the higher stuff does come up above his, uh, his, his, his minimum requirement, I'll look out for him for that as well. But you're not going to keep throwing me stuff below my, below my pay and expect me not to have right. a beef with it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what about nobody from my community like putting their arm around Monique and saying, "Hey, let's do, let's do a project," kind of like lift her off her feet. When you tell, not even so much Lee Daniels, but Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> who's who, who's every black person's godmother. Uh, <laughs> like, all right, the black community. Who gonna reach out to Monique? Tyler Perry's buddy, buddy with Oprah. Who gonna reach out to um? Who gonna reach out to Monique? I think she did a Will Packer movie. That Christmas joint with like Gabrielle Union and um, Danny Glover. Who else was in it? The kid from Survivor's Remorse. Spike, Spike is heavily black in all of his films. He ain't reached out to Monique. That's what I'm saying. Like, nobody really, and her, and her role in that movie wasn't, it was very minimal. She was like the crazy auntie. She was funny, but it was like, she had maybe like five scenes. You know, it wasn't, she didn't have a lot of um, camera time. If, if you're, if you're a, a gatekeeper in Hollywood, whether you're <laughs> a director, a writer, or whatever have you, are you going to reach out to Monique after you hear that she's um unpleasant to work with? Are you going to be like, put your arm around her and say, you know what? Almost Christmas. Um, but what about the people that know? Like, if I see a story about you cursing out some pastor or something on social media... Like, I'm supposed to stop doing this podcast with you. You know what I mean? Like, I know you. I know you at your core. I know your family. So, if you did curse and pass it out on social media, you probably had a valid reason for it. That ain't going to stop, you know. Nigga, you all my family. Come on, on I know your family. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, she's, she has to have some people that she called quote-unquote family in the movie industry that she's worked with throughout the years, some producer, some writer, some executive somewhere that'd be like, yeah, I know Monique. She ain't really no diva. Like, maybe she just didn't want to fly out, you know, for Lee Daniels and them because she just didn't feel like it. But I know Monique. She work hard. She come in with her lines ready. We could do a movie, Monique. My father used to always tell me, be nice to everybody because you never know who you're gonna need. And I keep that men- I keep that mentality in the workplace. And I, I say this when I go on interviews. And weirdly enough, I wanted to have a conversation about being rejected without an interview. Like people not even like look at people looking at your resume, not even calling you in. But I digress. I'm, I'm going to get to that. But. I, I say that when I go on interviews, like one of my strengths is that I can communicate with the CEO and the janitor as if they were the same person. 
anybody in between. Like right. I can like I can be cordial with everybody. And I think when you are someone who is of Monique's status and you you were at the top and the world was at your fingertips and you were in a position to tell like you were the big boss, you gotta remember how you treat people. Not saying because I, I, I never worked with Monique. I don't know how she is um on a set or anything like that. But it, all you got to do is rub the wrong person off that's in the right position. I feel like I'm preaching. Mm. I feel like, yeah, call for an orphan. I got cash every $5. All you got, it pissed the wrong person off that's in the right position. And that, uh, there you go. Bar. <laughs> but the, it's it's literally that aspect and everything can go crumbling down from that one interaction you don't think she's I'm not time? saying she didn't and that's I guess that's Steve's point is like nigga you're not tired of where you are you can easily <laughs> <laughs> You can easily get back to the money. I think that was Steve's point. It's like, all right. I think she's doing a tour, though. Or she just wrapped up a tour. Because that was one of her uh, arguments or something for the Netflix thing. Like, they wanted to offer her a, a number that was less than what she would be getting on tour. But just like she was trying to argue with Brother Leonard on The Breakfast Club, <laughs> Monique didn't see... Monique was only bringing to the table, oh, I'm Monique. I did X, Y, and Z. You should be paying me this. Yeah. And Netflix was saying, well, if you're not drawing, that's what you used to draw. If you're not drawing that right now, right. why right. are we giving you that money? Like, talk. Yeah, and to compare it to Amy Schumer, who was like selling out Madison Square Garden, which is a super super huge feat in the comedy industry like that's not something that everybody can say they've done I think there's only a few a handful of them so you can't like if you tried to book Madison Square Garden right now like <laughs> they will put you in the theater <laughs> you won't even fill that up <laughs> so but she played she played herself talking about Amy Schumer got 11 mil, but Amy Schumer's out here moving units. Like, this ain't 1999 when you doing Queens of Comedy and you was, you know, on the, the that UPN9 show. What was the name of it? Chasing um, Professor Ogilvy. Not Moesha. That's the, I'm thinking about, hold on. What was the name of that show? Hold on. But yeah, she was Monique. She was the Parkers, the Parkers, the Parkers, Parkers, the Parkers. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, it's not. We're not in that ever right now. Like you don't fizzed out a lot, and you have a core fan base. Granted, but it ain't it ain't the masses. You got a little niche. You got a little you got a little corner of the corner mm -hmm. pie. But like you're not out there. You, know, you can't demand no. Listen. Don't even try it. But I feel bad for her sometimes. And sometimes they'll be like, come on, Monique. <laughs> like, 
But um, yeah, I feel bad that nobody in our community has been like, "Yo, let me pick you up." And that's you know, we always preaching Black Lives Matter and support Black business and Black this, Black that. I do think that that part of it is interesting that all of the black comedy giants that we have, male and female, within our community, nobody has been like, yo, I got you, Monique. You know, How old is that girl from Blackett? Diane? 14. Diane is a mogul 14. already. Yeah. Whatever, whatever her parents are doing, yeah. she's got the right system. She's executive producing and starring a movie yep. that Le- Issa Rae and um, who's the other lady then? Regina yeah. Hall. Like, mm-hmm. at 14 years old, she's the executive yep. producer and pretty much has the, the door yeah. of them saying, whatever script you want to bring to us, bring to us. Mm-hmm. Monique. Kanye, stop yep. looking for somebody else to do it. Write, direct your own thing. You have the money. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Marseille pitched that. Like, she went in there and and she pitched that. And they were like, yeah, cool. You got a nice little remake. You know, black people. Like, cool. We, we, we rock with that. We She has an audience. Issa Rae has an audience. Regina, she's who she is. She's hilarious. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they went and they embraced her. She had she had a backing. Nobody, nobody is backing Monique. Nobody. And I'm, I feel bad because, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. Like, we talked about it a lot with, you know, sports figures and rapists like R. Kelly. Um, when you deserve a second chance and when you don't. And I feel like, you know, she she made a mistake. That happened a long time ago. I want to say over a decade ago. And, you know, she's still not where she wants to be and where she should be as a comedy legend. Like, she is a comedy legend in her own right. And for her to be in this position, it's kind of like, damn, Monique. And this is why I have a problem because Monique, you're a comedian. You have access to the comedians. Like, they may not be directors, but you have Steve, you got on Steve Harvey's show. Why not hit him up and say, yo, Steve, mm-hmm. I think we should pull some money together and do X, Y, and Z. Nigga, you saw he was that's barging the, that, huh? <laughs> that's tough love. That, that ain't, I'm not gonna work with you. That's, again, nigga, stop. Nigga, get back to work. There's money out here. And you letting your ego, and that's Monique's problem. Her ego stopping her checks. Not, not, nothing else. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that. And also, I don't know if she's if she's even reached out to anybody. Um. But you have you have a lot of black creators out here: Spike Lee, um, Will Packer. You know, big shots. Kevin Hart who could, you know, bring her on and be like, yo, let's do something. Um, But that part makes me, not sad, but like, damn, like, what are we really, you know, like, it's, it's, it's one of those stereotypes of the, the, the crab in the barrel. 
you know, can't really, we're not really lifting our own. It goes back to the Gucci conversation too. It's like, oh yeah, support black business, but no, we could have been supporting black business. That could have, that could have been the narrative. And it's always been that's black. why. And going back to that whole interview thing, um, I'm happy that the guy behind Uber, Snapchat, and other, <clears throat> like there, there was another one. Um, I'm happy it's a black kid that's under. You just turned 21. I'm happy. That he's a tech genius that's self-taught that these companies are using to build these billion-dollar apps that are um that are on our phones. Why? Because we don't have black representation. Like when I got yeah. in college, I fought tooth and nail for a job. I had a resume. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't ashamed to say I didn't get a a stable job job. Maybe. It, it had to be about four years out of college. I was working temp for four years out of college. And every time I went on an interview, I would get let down that um, one, I wasn't getting a job, and two, there would be days all I did was send out resumes and I wouldn't hear back from anybody. That's got to be worse mm-hmm. than going on an interview and saying no, because at least yeah, if I go to interview... At least you got in the door. Yeah. And that's been my beef with companies, period, is like, fam, how are you going to go off my resume to be like, oh, well, yeah, he's he's not. We don't even want to bring him in. Right. Outside of sending you, like, doing cartwheels or (laughs) what do you want me to do on my resume? But it's the same if you're going before a board um, for a co-op or an apartment. Boards can say, oh, no, we don't want to meet with them. They'll take your money, mm-hmm. non-refundable money, and yep. tell you, nah. Yep. Nah. It happened to me. Ask me how I know. It happened to me. And some, something, something different got to be done for that whole process. Like, at least bring <laughs> me in, interview me. You know what? Get rid of the interview process altogether. Bring me in and give me a trial run for a week. If I don't do the job you have open, let me go. Right. Yeah. I can lie on my resume and tell you I did X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I know people like that. Put Harvard on their resume, lying about positions, and be getting mad jobs. <laughs> exactly. I was a president at Toys R Us. Who you going? You want resources? You want my resources? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Anybody can lie. But before yeah. we before we cut out um, sports, right quick. Also, we can is upon us. Yes, sir. Who you got? Um, I'm gonna pull up. I got Team LeBron. Uh, I got Team LeBron in the All-Star game. And let me look for the three-point shooters. I know the, the Curry brothers are in there, which is pretty cool. Um, Clay, is he in it this year? Um, pulling up everything. Hold on, let me see. Oh, yeah, Devin Booker, Seth, Steph, Danny Green, Joe Harris. I don't know that <laughs> nigga. Buddy, 
Dane Dalla, Chris Middleton, Dirk. Dirk. Okay. Dirk. And Kemp. Kimba. Kemp. Kimba. Kimba. So who do I have in that? Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Steph versus Dane. Or maybe Steph, Danny, Dane. Maybe Danny comes out on top. Danny Green of the Toronto Raptors. I got Steph and Dirk in the finals, and Steph's gonna be like, all right, old man. Dirk! Dunk contest. Who's in that? Some niggas. Um, Some niggas you Dennis know. Smith Jr. Um, I know him. I got him winning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dennis Smith. I know DSJ. Where is it at? Uh, I just had this. Oh, Dennis Smith Jr., Miles Bridges, Hamadou Diallo. That sounds like Amadou. And John Collins. Yeah, I'm going to go DSJ. You care about those other things? Mm -mm. Skills challenge? Mm -mm. (laughs) Right. Mm -mm. Did you watch the practices? I did when Shaq and all those guys are there because Shaq was Yeah, remember that supposed to be popping. I, I don't want to see y'all try to shoot half-court shots in practice when I know the game's going to be equivalent to this practice anyway. Yeah, because that's not even a thing no more because Steph be hitting those one like, shot. Like all of them do. James, all them niggas. Like, it, used to take, it used to be three rounds of the whole team just trying to make that shot. And I was like, the first two niggas could hit that on on the first attempt. <laughs> I want to um. I'll... All right, niggas. Hey. Um. In terms of uh, not the all star game, but what's been more impressive? Harden's little uh thirty point streak or Westbrook's triple double. Both of them niggas be patting. They really do. Um, James Harden took 22 three-pointers. <laughs> not shot. 22 three-pointers the other night. Eight for 22, he finished the game. I'm like, bruh, that, that's more attempts than like three of the Timberwolves starting five. I, I think Cat took 19 shots altogether and Teague took like 16, and I'm like, and you shot more threes <laughs> than regular attempts. Like, you gotta chill. And that nigga be padding like crazy. I said James Harden and efficiency do not go hand in hand because that nigga don't care. They really don't. He don't care about his percentage. He just be dragging them, and, and they'll be calling the foul. So that's another point. There's more points. So he's a worse padder than, 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 than Russ. But it's like, Russ. I like his game because he plays hard every game, day in, day out. He brings it. He goes for it. He doesn't change his game no matter who they're playing, no matter who's his teammate. Like, he don't care. He's going to go for it. And, um, like, you just have to respect that that heart that he plays when he plays defense. So it's not like he's just jacking up, you know, shots and, and, and trying to get rebounds off of free throws. But he's out there, like, playing defense. He's flying all over the court. So I don't really mind his pattern. 
Like, I don't care that, that Steven Adams walks up the free throw line so Rusty jumping in and get the rebound. Like, I, don't, I don't care about that. Because he plays hard, you know what I mean? But James is annoying. Like, his game is annoying to me. Does your MVP candidate change now at the All-Star break than it did when we had this conversation before? Who did I have? I think we both pick Harden. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Giannis. I'm gonna say Paul George should be uh, thrown in that conversation. Paul George has been balling. I'm gonna say he Paul George balling, deserves to be Giannis, in that conversation. Giannis is unstoppable. They have top defense. I think it's like the number top five in offense. They have the best record in the league. He's averaging like for like Paul George off the Thunder, and they can still win some games. Like we saw Russell Westbrook do it a couple years. Um, if you take Giannis off the Bucks, and that's how I always gauge the MVP. Like if you remove that player from the team, what does that team look like? If you take Giannis off the Bucks, they're a lot of the team. No question. Yeah. So, um, for that reason, they have the best record in the league. Like, he's balling and they're winning. So it's not like James. Like, he's balling and they're like six. (laughs) 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 Watching him play. But they have the best record. They sit up top the East, sit up top the entire league. Number one defense in the league, top five in offense. Like, they're killing out there. So, I'm going to give it to Giannis. Um, so far. I don't know if that's going to change. I don't think it's going to change. Yeah, so I'm going to give it to Giannis. Uh, and speaking about lottery teams, we told y'all niggas at the top of the season, Lakers wasn't going to do nothing this year. <laughs> we told y'all niggas that. Uh, hell, LeBron came back, niggas thought they was about to kill they got blown out by the 76ers. <laughs> Them young niggas don't, they ain't messing with the Hawks the other night. It's like, <laughs> yo, get these niggas out of here. Like, come on. It's I got into an argument because I told somebody LeBron's not in LA for uh, basketball. And the he's argument not, was, though. but that's why I'm like, why are we even arguing this? He's, he's not. Like, because he he sat out that injury, that great injury. LeBron is a freak, a freak of nature. He's never been injured, never missed all them games that he missed throughout his entire career, going back to high school. He sat out for the entire like seven weeks for a groin injury. <laughs> <laughs> I think Steph missed like twelve games. He missed a lot of games with that with that groin injury. And if he was really there to win basketball games, he would have come back after like three weeks. He would have come back I after said, like three weeks. But he I sat through it and he waited till he was at least 90%. I was he told, was, if you hate him, just say you hate him. Yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, because the team ain't win. I'm like, fam, he's not there for basketball. Like, yeah. that, shouldn't even, that shouldn't even be an argument. He really isn't there. Like, I said that from the top of the season. He only there for what he can do with his company after basketball. 
You don't give up basketball. So look, so Maverick had moved out to LA a couple years before everybody else did. Um, and Maverick is LeBron James' business partner. For those who don't know, um, so Kevin Durant's company, Thirty Five Ventures, they just got office space in New York. So, do you think there's going to be like a whole? Maverick LeBron thing where he maybe like wait a couple years and then go to where the offices are set up or like you see KD coming to New York? Uh, They got the money. Um, He's been tight-lipped about it. I keep I keep saying no. He'll go someplace else other than New York. But they have the money to bring him in New York. And him and AD are really good friends. So I could see sort of like uh with the with the um, Wade, Bosch, and uh, Braun did that summer. I can see them possibly talking about uh, teaming up, but all it takes is the Knicks to sign one big free name to get everything, uh, get the ball rolling. One big free name. Are you are you stepping out there for the Knicks, though, if you're like that one big name? If I can attract one big name at the end of the offseason. But it depends on the draft. Like, if they get Zion. And if you're Kyrie, you're Zion, like, oh, Zion could, you know, I could see myself playing with this, this this young dude. Zion makes it interesting because uh, now, if you're the Knicks organization, you have bargaining chips. Right now, you don't have anything. Nothing. You just have the you just have the blank checks. You don't have nothing else but a blank check. But if you get Zion during uh, the draft, possibly some other cool picks in the first round, and show people that you're serious about moving forward, yeah, you 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 can jump out, grab a big name, and then let that big name, uh, that big name, the picks you just drafted. That can attract somebody else. Yeah. I I, I think it would be very difficult for Kevin Durant to walk away if they win another championship this year. Um, but you never know. Like, I've heard that he's a very impulsive person. And he, like, just makes decisions on the fly. So you, you really never know with a person like that. But I would just imagine, like, if you're on top, like, why would you walk away from that to go, you know, to somewhere else that's questionable, you might not even, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to get readjusted to a whole new system, whole new coach, whole new atmosphere, um, player chemistry. Like if you just won a championship, nobody wants to go back to the grind of like <laughs> chemistry building. You know what I mean? But that but, goes back to the conversation we had that, you know, it's not passion anymore. It, after he won, it's not a matter of him winning on his own. That's what we want. Yeah. He's got Two rings now? Yeah. Somebody was saying that about Clay. Like if Clay wins another ring, he would have like a he would have like three rings and like wouldn't even matter to him. You know what I mean? Like his his legacy is cemented. He'll go down as one of the greatest shooters in NBA history, three time champion, definitely Hall of Famer. So it was like, all right, I could just go anywhere and you know, see what happens if I'm the number one guy or you know what I mean? The number two, because right now he's like the number three, four, maybe. Depending and on that's the fine for Clay. That's fine for Clay though. Clay's not. Clay's a really great role player, 
but I wouldn't put um not not that in a bad sense, but I wouldn't put my franchise on Clay Thompson's back. Like he would need other pieces around him. You okay, you're gonna have Clay playing defense and scoring. Like Clay Jobs easy in Golden State because he'll he you know he's he's a lockdown defender and he can get free shots because of Steph and okay. K D. Right. But he's not asked to be a scorer, but he can he'll he'll score because he'll have opportunities. Right. They don't look at well, Steve Kerr, I don't know if he looks at the scorecard every week every day and says, you know what, Durant, I need thirty five from you. Steph, I need thirty five from you. It's like it's like watching street ball. Like them niggas go out there and they just play. Yeah. Yeah. They just play. If you get 40 and I get 30 and this other one gets 20, I'll take that. Yeah. Facts. I agree. I'll take that. Uh, Do you have a show before we let these people boomerang? Boomerang. Boomerang. It's based in part on the characters from the original film, but it's not like a a remake or a sequel. Um, it's just the concept. The concept of the movie Boomerang. It's produced by Halle Berry and Black Lena. Lena Waite. Um, it's, a re- it's really well written. It's no surprise because Lena Waite is a really good writer. Um only two episodes, and so you got to see where where it'll go. But it's I dig it so far. I dig it. I'll give it. I'll give it a season. Right. Uh, Netflix, the two killings of Sam Cook. I did see that, and I was gonna that was gonna be my show too. But then I I came over across Boomerang, so I figured I'd use Boomerang. But yeah, that that's crazy. That story is crazy. The two killings of Sam Cooke, I, I want to get into a conversation about that. And I don't know if you saw Abducted, Abducted in Plain Sight. I started that. I didn't finish it. I'm going to finish Nigga. it this weekend. Nigga. Yeah. I've seen people right. talking about that on social media, so I'm going to finish that. All right, well, niggas, get your excuses ready. Uh, uh, let Monique give you integrity classes. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. Oh, uh, this is just a piece of advice for um, all you guys out there, or females, rather. Um, I'm going to share this from the bottom of my heart, and I want you guys to really uh, hone in here with me. Let me, let me, let me help you out. Oh my god. So guys, ladies, here's some advice from your boy, young HO. The number for central booking, 347-731-6559. Just in case your man lies and says he was locked up because he was with somebody else. All right? He's back. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend. Yes, sir.